0: Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, amen. The portion of God's word to which we draw our attention is the last part of our gospel reading for today from Matthew chapter five, verses 17 through 20. Please rise as we hear the first two verses of that portion. Jesus said, don't think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish but to fulfill For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth shall pass away, not the smallest letter or one stroke of a letter will pass away from the law until all things are accomplished. This is God's word. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, these are your words. Make us holy through the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. I have some startling news for you today. Now, some of you have been listening to me preach pretty much the whole time that I've been here at Bethany the last year and a half. Some of you, it's been a little bit less of that time, but I'm estimating that during my time here so far, I have preached about 85 sermons or so, and I want to make a blanket statement about all of those sermons. They were all false. I want you to to think of everything that I've ever told you in my sermons. I want you to wipe it from your memory because everything that I have told you in my sermons was false. And, you know, all of these sermons supposedly were based on the Bible, so we need to throw out the Bible, too. And everything connected to the Bible that we do in this church, our worship. Think of all of the scripture that's in our services our Bible classes, our Sunday school classes, confirmation classes, everything that's been connected to God's word, we have to throw it out. Now, hopefully you know that I was not being serious when I said that. If I were being serious in saying that, I would not be standing here in this pulpit today. I wouldn't come up here and claim to preach God's word, if I didn't really believe that it is God's Word. And hopefully you would call me out on on such a thing. Our congregation has always held to the truth of God's Word. We give credit to God for bringing us to this conviction that God's Word is the truth. Our congregation has always held to that. Our synod, our church body, has always held to that. It hasn't changed. This, this foundation that we have of God's word has not changed, in spite of all of the changes in the world that go on around us. And that's really what Jesus is focused on in this, in this text today. He wants us to know about the solid nature of his word, that God's word is true, it is reliable. And therefore, we can have certainty, and we do have certainty, in these Uncertain times. One concept that's been a little bit slippery, if you will, since almost the creation of the world has been the concept of truth. Think about Adam and Eve. When they fell into sin, what did they do? They questioned the truth of God's word. Pontius Pilate, when he was interrogating Jesus, made that famous question, what is truth? Many people in our world today are are looking for that same thing. They are trying to find truth. And we have the truth. That's why we can be certain. There are numerous claims in the Bible itself that it is true, that it is God's word. Paul says in Philippians, or I'm sorry, in 2 Timothy, that the words of the Bible are inspired by God, and therefore we can trust what God says. Jesus prays to his Father and says, your word is truth. And in this passage before us, Jesus says that the law and the prophets, the Old Testament, which is the scripture for that time, was not going to be abolished, was not going to be done away with. And in addition, there's never been any kind of proof, any scientific proof even, that, that the Bible is anything but truth. You think about the theory of evolution, the theory that that this entire universe has come about by some sort of cosmic process of chance where everything has just over billions of years come together just so and that we have this universe, this world in which we live. If we hold to that theory, well, that does away with the truth of God's word, the truth where he says he created the world. But when we have God's word, we have the truth. And Jesus assures us that his word is never going to pass away until heaven and earth pass away. Not the smallest letter or one stroke of a letter will pass away from the law until all things are accomplished. Now in Hebrew, the the language in which most of the Old Testament was written, the smallest letter was a yod. It was just like a little apostrophe. And then he also says, not just that, but even one stroke of a letter, the smallest part of any letter, none of that was going to pass away. Jesus assures us that absolutely nothing from scripture is ever going to go out of fashion. It will always be true. There will never be any part of scripture that's false. We can always rely on the truth of God's word. And so there will never be any part of scripture that's irrelevant. When God tells us not to have any other gods except for him, well, that was true when he spoke that. It was true in Jesus' day. It's true now, and it's going to be true into the future. When God tells us not to to hate or to lust, well, that was true when he spoke it. It was true when when In Jesus' day, it's true now and it's going to be true into the future. There will never be any part of Scripture that is going to change. We're bombarded today with all kinds of contrary opinions to that. We're told that we have to determine the truth in any given situation. It may be wrong in one situation, but right in another. Maybe it's, it's wrong to, to sleep with another man's wife, but if the two people really love each other, well, maybe that would be okay. We're bombarded with the, with the teaching today, with the belief that each person has to determine their own truth, that there is no universal truth, but everybody has to come up with their own version of truth. But we know that that is not the case. We know where the truth is. We know that it is in God's word. And that word does not change. It does not pass away. So God's truth is the basis of our certainty. Even when we're told to be uncertain about it. And because we have this certainty in uncertain times, we also teach the truth. In this gospel reading, Jesus places strong emphasis on teaching the truth of his word correctly. He talks about false teachers and how they'll be least in the kingdom of heaven. He says, faithful teachers will be great in the kingdom of heaven. And this especially applies to a command that Jesus gave a little bit later in his ministry, just before he ascended, in fact, when he said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Is it really all that bad though, to have that command that we have to teach God's word. Maybe we think of it sometimes that way, where it's more like a a duty, a chore that we have to do. Maybe something like doing housework, house cleaning, or that we have to go to work or we have to pay our taxes. But do we only teach God's word because we have to? Do we do it grudgingly? Hopefully it's not that way. Hopefully we want to teach God's word because it's a joy for us and because we know what it can do in the lives of the people that we're teaching. I mentioned before the universal search for truth, that everybody is looking for truth in some way or some shape or form. Everyone is looking for answers to their problems. Everyone is searching for certainty because we live in a world where uncertainty kind of rules. And we have what everybody needs. We have God's certain word. And so it's a joy for us to be able to tell them of this word, to teach them this truth. Yes, there is the truth, the unfortunate truth, that, that we're all sinners. We're sinners, the people that we're talking to are sinners too. But the joyful news that we tell them is that those sins have been taken away. Through the work of Christ, and especially through his death on the cross for us, our sins are wiped out. And he rose from the dead to guarantee that we would rise from the dead. Isn't that good news. It's great news. It's something that we want to share with other people. It's not something that we just have to share in the sense of being forced to, but we have to in the sense of we really want to and we can't help it. We definitely have the truth of God's word. And we attempt by God's grace and, and with his help to be faithful in in teaching that word to other people. Because we have certainty in these uncertain times, we want other people to have that certainty too. Now, Jesus adds one more aspect to this equation. He says, we also live the truth. Now, Jesus sets a pretty high standard for us. He says, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. Now we know we can't be perfect. We know that we sin in so many ways. We fail to to teach God's word as we should, even to those closest to us, to our families, to our children. We sin every day so many times that maybe we can't even keep count. But it's also true that we will show the conviction of what we believe that we hold to that truth. We'll show that in our lives. And what I'm talking about here is similar to that saying, practice what you preach. If we say that it's wrong to hate someone and and then we, we are constantly yelling at our children or yelling at our spouse, is that really practicing what we teach? Do those two things really mesh? If we say that we should put God in the number one spot in our lives, but then we are constantly chasing after the gods of materialism and greed, do those things really match up that well? So also if we say that we trust in the unchangeable truth of God's word and his care and his providence, and then we we fuss and we fret and we worry about our future, are we really practicing what we preach? Jesus, again, placed that very high standard in front of us when he said, unless we are more righteous than the scribes and the Pharisees, we won't get to heaven. Now, the scribes and the Pharisees, we know, they were the righteous people of Jesus' day. Everyone looked to them as the ones who, well, for all practical purposes, were perfect. No one ever saw them break God's law. They were the righteous people of that time. So how do we do that? How do we live our lives in such a way that, that people look at us and they say, oh, that person is, is perfect. Or how do we live our lives in a way where, where God is going to look at us and say, he or she is living a perfect life. Well, we know that's impossible. Except for the fact that that righteousness, that, that good standing with God is given to us. Paul says in Philippians 2, or in Romans 3, we are declared righteous freely by his grace through the ransom that Christ Jesus paid. When we were baptized, what happened? Yes, our sins were washed away. But God also took the perfect life of Jesus, his righteousness, and he gave it to us. He applied it to us. He clothed us in that righteousness so that now, When God looks at us, he sees us as being perfectly righteous. Our righteousness that we have as a gift from God is better than that of the scribes and the Pharisees. We will, by God's grace, make it into heaven because of that. And so when we try to live the truth... We know that we can't do it perfectly, but we know that as we do that, we are doing that with God's help, with his assistance. Paul says it is God who continues to work in you both to be willing and to be doing what is pleasing to him. So are we on the right track? We as individuals, we as a congregation, even we as a synod, are we holding on to the certain truth of God's word no matter what the world around us is doing. We pray that we'll always be able to stand on the foundation of God's word, that we will always hold to his truth, especially in these uncertain times. We know it's not easy. We look at Christianity in general. Most mainline Protestant denominations in this country, they've wavered quite a bit on on God's word and on the truth of that word. They say it's not necessary to hold to all of God's word as being true. They say that there are parts that are true, parts that maybe are not. They say that there's more than one way to salvation other than through Jesus. But we have the truth. In spite of all of the the world around us getting worse, we have God's truth by his grace. So are we teaching it? Are we teaching it in contradistinction to all of the teachings of this world, teaching it especially to our families, to our children? Are we living that truth as we, by the way that we live, witness to the world as to who we are and what we hold to? By God's grace, we continue to stand on the truth of God's word. And may he continue to help us to do so. So that we have that assurance, even in spite of all of the uncertainty around us, we have the assurance of salvation through our Savior Jesus. We have that certainty in these uncertain times. Amen.